0: All over the world, there are places ripe with unexplained phenomena. Countless ships and aircraft have been lost in the waters of the Bermuda Triangle. And something crashed in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. Whether that was a weather balloon, like the army said, or evidence of alien life, we may never know the truth. But there is another location that defies explanation. It's 800 miles south of Roswell, in a quiet patch of the Chihuahua Desert in Durango, Mexico. Very quiet, in fact, hence its nickname, the Zone of Silence. There isn't much to speak of in the Zone of Silence, mostly dirt and sand, shrubs, and desert wildlife. The closest town is 25 miles southwest, and if you ask anyone there about the strange location, they're sure to have some stories to tell. Many of the tales date back to the 1930s, when a pilot by the name of Francisco Sarabia was forced into an emergency landing. He' had been flying over the desert when he noticed his gauges and instruments went on the Fritz, and his radio couldn't get a signal. He didn't know it at the time, but the zone of silence practically blocked all radio transmissions, both on the ground and in the air, thanks to magnetic fields. But it wasn’t until 1964 when a Pemex engineer named Harry de la Peña visited the area. He had been hired to survey the land for a planned oil pipeline that would run all the way to Yemenez, and Harry noticed two things First, Just like the pilot before him, his radio seemed to cut in and out. In fact, it was de la Pena who coined the term zone of silence to describe this particular part of the desert. Secondly, he couldn't figure out where the zone of silence started and stopped. They never stayed in one place, and always seemed to be moving. However, it was what happened several years later that really made people wonder what was going on down in Mexico. You see, an Athena RTV test rocket had been launched out of Utah in June of 1970. The missile was headed toward White Sands, New Mexico, but went way off course, landing in the zone of silence instead, and missing its target by 500 miles. It could have been a malfunction, or as many have pointed out, it might have been something more serious. Just as they had done in Roswell, the U.S. government turned to evasion to hide what had really happened. It wasn't just a rocket they had lost, you see. There had been a payload on board, consisting of Cobalt-57, a radioactive element. Officials asked Mexican authorities for permission to enter the desert and search for the missing rocket. The Americans then hired locals to watch over the site as they worked to remove the missile. During the process, they realized their radios weren't the only malfunctioning technology in the zone. Televisions and satellites also lost their signal it was a dead zone for almost anything technological. In the end, the Athena rocket, along with 200 tons of radioactive soil, was carted off to New Mexico, the missile's original destination. Although magnetic fields weren't the only unusual phenomena in the zone, those who live relatively close by have talked about an eerie trio of individuals who have popped up from time to time They're described as highly attractive people wearing clothing not meant for the desert climate. Each has blonde hair, speaks Spanish, and behaves politely. An employee of a local ranch once asked where they had come from, and the group merely replied, from above. And in 1976, the residents of nearby Ceballos claimed to have seen a UFO. There, witnesses reported a thousand-foot-long rectangle flying over their heads. It emanated a low hum, and it had lights flashing all around it. Dogs barked and howled until it left, which it did after only a few seconds. Those who witnessed it said it disappeared going south, toward the zone of silence. Suffice it to say, the Mapimi zone of silence has been a hotbed of unusual activity over the years. Skeptics claim that the only unusual thing is how many people believe the stories, but for those who have actually been there, some things just don't add up. Ironic, I think, that people cannot stop talking about a place called the Zone of Silence. It was Forrest Gump who famously said, I just started running. But Forrest wasn't alone in his impulse to just get a move on. Allow me to introduce you, to Huberta. One day in November of 1928, Huberta just started walking south. No one is sure why. Some say she was in search of love. Some say she had witnessed her mother's murder and fled out of fear. Still others say she was on a quest to find the land of her ancestors. But whatever the case, she walked south. It began at the St. Lucia Estuary in Zululand, South Africa. Huberta showed up in Natal, and the local paper, the Natal Mercury, reported her arrival in the area. You might say they weren't exactly expecting her. About 120 miles along the road, Huberta set up camp briefly in the lagoons at the mouth of the Malanga River. By this point, she had already become something of a celebrity, and crowds showed up to give her food and gifts for her pilgrimage. It was here that she faced the first obstacles of her seemingly spontaneous journey— There was an attempted kidnapping, the price of fame, I suppose. But Huberta escaped, crossing into Durban. And there she lived a luxurious life. By day, she walked the city streets and swam the beautiful beaches, spanning the Golden Mile from the Bay of Plenty to Derry Beach. And by night, she hit the links at the famed Beachwood golf course, then even bathed in a pond of a moonlit monastery garden. She even crashed lavish country club parties. By now, everyone was tuned into Huberta's journey. Newsstands around the world reported her travels, more kidnapping and assassination attempts were made, but through it all, she proved elusive. Things did get a bit dicey when she stalled out on the train tracks, literally. Thoroughly exhausted, she fell asleep and required a gentle awakening from the locomotive workers to help her off the tracks and move forward in her quest. And so Huberta continued to walk. For three whole years, she covered a thousand miles on her mission to find, well, whatever it was she was looking for. No one ever asked, but she probably wouldn't have answered the question anyway. That's how mysterious she was. Unfortunately, with celebrity comes risk. While taking a swim in a river, Hubert's assassins finally caught up with her. Three separate men shot her, ending her tireless journey for good. When her body was found, it had washed up on the shore downriver. The following day, the Natal Mercury told the world of the grisly news. The public was furious. Numerous international publications, including the Chicago Tribune and Nigeria's The Punch, published tributes to the life of this mysterious wanderer. Even South Africa's parliament discussed her life, as well as what was to be done about the end of it. And well-wishers sent sympathy wreaths, cards, and donations in her honor. Just an independent gal, determined to find her place in the world, out for an innocent walk. Even more tragic, the three men who assassinated her pleaded ignorance and were slapped with a measly 25-pound fine, further stoking the fire of public outrage around the death of an international celebrity, Huberta the Hippo. Eventually, her body was shipped all the way to England, where she was stuffed and sent back to South Africa. When she was finally put on display at the Durban Museum, 20,000 people came to see her. And to this day, She's still there, standing proudly at the museum in King Williamstown. End of the road for a curious journey. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works.